this lights out and away we go welcome to an american's guide to formula one now let's start the show Let's start the show indeed, and boy, am I excited for today's show. Hello, I'm, I'm Andy Lewis, and again, I'm joined by Papa Lewis. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you back, Dad. Yeah, man. Although we did, I did have a lot of fun uh, recording that last episode with M. Thanks again, M, if you're listening. Um, that was a blast, but I'm always stoked to be talking with you, and I'm always stoked to be talking about Formula One, so we add the two together. And throw on the top that it was one of the greatest races I've ever seen. Uh, boy, I'm excited. Let's get going. What do you say? Yeah, I'm ready, baby. You ready, baby? Yeah, baby. Um, okay. Well, let's just get right into it. Lewis Hamilton, one of the all-time greats and one of his all-time drives. Well, really, didn't the, didn't the weekend just, you know, with the way qualifying went and the sprint race, and then the race itself, he's got it. He's, you got to consider him the greatest F1 driver, don't well, you? I, I think so. I mean, I think the stats are are showing that. I mean, he's been smashing every record that comes in his view. But it's it's drives like this. It's, it's moments like uh. this that just set him set him apart, set him oh, apart. Yeah. And I mean, no Louis, uh, I listened to the the F one interview behind Beyond the Grid, uh, the official F one podcast. Shouts out to them; it's a great. But my boy Valtteri was on on one of their last episodes, and you know I listened to all of that. But there is a section in there where he talks about being Hamilton's teammate and saying, you know, I get in my head. One of my biggest weaknesses has been me. And he's like, that just doesn't happen with Lewis. Like, it just doesn't happen. No matter what he's yeah. going through on or off track, no matter what's against him, he performs at the same level. And, like, Botas is a great driver. He will go down as a great driver. Ten wins, tons of poles. He's out He's out qualified Hamilton this whole season. He's got four poles, yeah. and Hamilton's only got three. And he's saying... That's the difference between me and him. It's not like Valtteri's a bad or slow driver. It's just that Hamilton's consistency under an immense amount of pressure and odds, he comes out. He he, he delivers. Yeah. When I would be throwing a temper tantrum and whining on social media about how I'm getting robbed and all this stuff, he just is like, of course not. Of course not. And I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to show him wrong. And I think that's what he's done his whole career. And it's like... Some people say he might. I was talking to somebody and they're like, "Oh, he's so cocky." And I was like, "Yeah, but he can be." <laughs> like, yeah. like Jordan, LeBron, Gretzky. There's these people. Tom Brady. There's these athletes that perform at a level that that allows them to say whatever they want to say, in my opinion, because they've they've, yeah. they've backed it up time and time and time again. And I mean, let's give let's give some context to this. Lewis Hamilton going into Brazil facing a five-grid spot penalty no matter what happens because they took a new power unit. We'll more on that later because that seems to be a plan, an, a calculated plan by Mercedes to do this. And it worked because yeah. he had he had pace. He was fast. Botas, again, steals the qualifying pole. 
then after after qualifying, Lewis Hamilton's under investigation for rear wing malfunction or uh, an, a discrepancy in the distance between the opening of the DRS gap on the rear wing. Just so happens to right. be after Max Verstappen touches his car's gap and then goes and touches Mercedes' car's gap, and oh, lo and behold, there's an investigation. It's a little bit more than that, but that's for sure how it looked the day of. Did no I, doubt. Am I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overselling it. I agree with that. He was fiddling with it. And was fined uh, an unprecedented 50,000 euro fine for doing so because you're not allowed to touch. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to touch their own cars, or they're, they're told not to in part for a commissions. So yeah. you're, de saying you're definitely not allowed to touch your main rival in the world championships car. Um, yeah. Nonetheless, they performed the standard test, which is they jam this probe into the gap and then it, there's literally a pressure sensor that says it's something Newton's of a force. If they, if they can't yeah. stick the probe through, then it, it's it's out it's of happened. compliance with the regulation and the automatic uh, the the automatic um, consequence for being out of regulation and is a disqualification from whatever you just were in. That happened to be qualifying. Lewis Hamilton was was disqualified. I don't think that he's wrong for getting disqualified. The FIA's hands are tied. The rules say if you can't do this, you're disqualified. Right. But the evidence to me shows that it was definitely not an engineered advantage. Like they weren't trying to do that. Uh, and let's also say, remember, remind how how what was the distance? What was the distance, Dan? That he was he the, it was uh, zero point two millimeters. Zero point uh, two millimeters. One yeah. one way I heard it described was the width of a coat of paint. That's yeah. how much he didn't pass by, and the penalty for that. And they said it was it was asymmetrical, so it was only on one top of the wing, not the other side. So that's not an engineering yeah. advantage for all of you non-aerodynamics, which I'm not. But you don't need to be Adrian Newey to know that you don't you want you, you want evenness and balance. You don't want one half of your car designed one way and the other half the other. That's not an aerodynamic yeah. advantage. And they said it. Even the FIA noted looks like something failed, like a, a part broke. And yet he is disqualified from that. So just put yourself in the mindset of that. You already know you're facing a five grid spot penalty tomorrow and you didn't get on pole because you got beat by your teammate. And you're trailing by twenty over 20 points in the world championship to a young cyborg. And then the FIA throws this penalty on you with this amount of, of discrepancy. And now you're starting... In a sprint race, which is a new format, the last of one, and you're starting dead last. And you know, you know that if you don't win this race, it's out of your control to win the world championship. You have to win this race to keep your contentions for the world championship alive. Meaning the whole weekend. Meaning the whole weekend. He has yeah, to get not first. just not just the sprint race. No, but but you know he knows he has to get as far as he possibly can, and he only has twenty four laps to do it. Right, and the other aspect of the sprint race, it's only the top three finishers who get points, and it's three two one. 
So and so that puts th- excellent point, Dad, because Botas after Hamilton gets uh, disqualified, that put that in Max inherits P one for the sprint. So Botas has got to get out in front to minimize that points damage that Red Bull's taking too. Right. But just 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 let's let that settle in again. Think about how how would you feel? What would your headspace and emotional state look like if you're starting the back row of the grid knowing you have to win tomorrow? You have to win yeah. tomorrow. And he does. You know, like that's the thing that sets yeah. him apart. That's the the point I'm trying to make is his mental right. fortitude, his mental calmness. Although we did see, we have seen some moments where he does slip on that, like which is shows he's human. You know, we saw the yeah. we saw it in Azerbaijan when he left the brake magic on. He did that same thing again later in the season, coming into this pits and knocked his Jackman over. You know, I, I it's not that he's a robot, like you know, but he's just better than most, and almost I would sometimes some some can say better than anyone. You know, I mean, his his record is showing that he's on pace. To He's broken every record. What can I say? Okay, so in that sprint race, what does Lewis Hamilton do? Goes from dead last to fifth in 24 laps. Dead last, P20, to five. 15 overtakes in 24 laps. Yeah. Hello. That's a really good stuff. Even if awesome. you have the fastest car in the grid, which he did, by four tenths of a lap, that's a good that's a that's a four tenths of a second a lap faster. That's fast. That's fast. But again, this is a small circuit. It's not like and the straight yeah. that he opposed you know, he pat did the majority of his passing and overtaking on isn't straight, for those of you who don't know that. It's it's not straight. And it also isn't flat, and it's not—it's not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> it's not the—it's no. not the most difficult circuit to, circuit to overtake on, but it's not Austin. It's not, you know, it's an old school F1 racetrack, and it's yeah. awesome. It always delivers amazing races. It's just one of the best. It really is. Don't you agree? Agree. Agreed. Agreed. It's just so much. Di- there's so much dynamics to it. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just the history. Oh yeah, all the yeah. championship deciders that have been there. You know. Uh, yeah. So he passes so many, so many people on lap four. He's already in P thirteen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And 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 like I said, most of the overtakes that he did throughout the uh, throughout the sprint were on that he had a he had a significant pace advantage. Um, going into that straight, and he would get the he'd get the slipstream, and he'd get the RS, and he would just walk by him. I mean, just walk by them. How how must that feel when you're in that car in front, and you're just like, "There's I can't do anything. I can't do it. Here he comes. What am I supposed to do?" <laughs> and, uh. But so I listened to Martin Brundle talk about that and say it's that's not as easy as as it, it at Lu, as Lewis Hamilton is making it appear. There's a lot of skill that goes into doing that repeatedly and being in that dirty air. He says the amount of mental like the amount of thinking that is going on 
through the tight and twisty bits to to get to stay within that second and get DRS and get the slipstream, you have to but not scrub off the tires through the where you need downforce takes an immense precision and skill. And so that means for that for that entirety, Lewis was just on it on on quality pace on quality performance for twenty four straight laps amongst passing 15 cars and having to calculate and judge what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. And do I go inside? Do I go outside? And he was so brilliant. At, we'll get to it when, when we get onto the main battle. Well, and, don't, and don't forget the timing of breaking. That, Milliseconds you know, matter. Inch- you know, a lot of, a lot of overtaking occurs because you may hear, hear the term during the race, he outbraked him into turn three or whatever. Oh yeah, meaning that somehow, some way, he. You have to remember they, these cars don't have analog brakes. They, it's the skill of the driver to keep. Because if you're locking them up, you're not steering, and then you're out of shape, out of position, and so not only for those twenty-four intense laps is he. He's got the performance, clearly has skill, but then to repeatedly properly break without running off the track. Because that turn one is is off camber. It's you're starting this downhill right. descent into the Santa Esses. So you're yeah. you're breaking you're it's not like it's not like Austin or something where you're breaking into an uphill so you can lean on the hill. You it, it yeah. adds another level of dynamics of reading the road and how that camber goes and and then it's you're also a geomet you're a mathematician of geometry going looking at these angles of attack where the car is taking or gaining or losing angle you like and you'll talk you'll hear him talk about this he just the angle was too acute it's too much momentum going into the turn he has to back off or or, right. or like what Hamilton was doing to set up Max for turn four yeah. he was closing that angle off. Gain going out wider and getting more momentum into the next part of the track, because it's it's kind of like chess too, high speed chess where you're, what you do on lap on corner four determines how fast you leave corner seven. On some of these yeah. tracks, because yeah. it's all it all builds on one one key part of that track, sequences that you know they're called sequences, and it's like, well he you know he set himself up so much better way back there that it's paying dividends in the, even the next sector yeah. of the racetrack. And that's yeah. what, yeah, I mean, it was, that's what was keeping Max ahead for a long time was that Max was quicker through the middle sector by three tenths. And so there was always this three tenths that Max was just holding him off with because, and then, and it took Lewis figuring out where he was going to be able to gain enough advantage. You know, it's amazing. It's and they're doing this while yeah. going hundred over 100 miles an hour, you know? They're thinking about this. Well, and they're thinking the about approach. the tire strategy. And they're thinking, you know, like, they're changing their differential and brake biases for different sectors of the racetrack. The mental yeah. aspect I mean, there, of this... Story, there were areas, I mean, even though it was a short track, um, they were darn close to 200 miles an hour. Yeah, I think um, it was 195, yeah. 194. And I saw some one ninety eight, but most everybody was yeah. in the one ninety eight, one eighties even. Yeah. 
the Haas were like yeah. 182 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hurts my heart. Um, but, but well, it, they said Max or Lewis Hamilton's overall advantage was 12, 12 kilometers with everything. That just going down the front straight without DRS, they were already five kilometers an hour faster than the Red Bulls at at yeah. at Interlagos. Then you throw on the slipstream, good for another couple clicks, and then DRS is usually good for about fifteen or seventeen. But I, because Brazil is so short, it's only good for another ten. But you're still yeah. Even, and how did Martin yeah. Rundle put it? Is like he's like five or five kilometers isn't fast, but I wouldn't want to get hit by a car going five kilometers an hour. <laughs> it's, it's enough. Yeah, it's enough. So, um, so back to Lewis and the the just godlike drive that he had. So he he pulls off the sprint, goes from dead last P twenty to P five. And then he inherits his 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 original sin, that Merck engine swap. Again, this was the just the internal combustion V six, the one point six liter V six. Um, no, not six liters. One point six. Okay, there you go. One and a half and one tenth of a liter. <laughs> is that more? Is that clearer? Um, okay, okay, smarty pants. Half half the capacity of the in, of the engine in my Volvo station wagon, that yet produces a thousand <laughs> horsepower, over seven hundred more horsepower out of out of half the half the displacement. Just think about that. Um. He 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 took a new one of those, a new power unit, not a whole new power unit that would relegate him to the back of the grid, the the internal combustion. The IC component, as I like to say, is only a five grid spot penalty. But but the insight that I had heard from I think lis- from listening to the race is that this was this engine was designed or tinkered with. Per- they knew he was going to take this for the last four races. They've been planning this to give him that okay. extra horsepower, and it, this was also an interesting thing and a testament to Honda is that they asked Christian Horner. The reason that they're doing this is that as the Merck engine, it's really powerful that it's been the dominant power, the dominant engine for this era for the last eight years. Um, it's always been the fastest one, but it suffers an, incre- an incredible amount of late-end degradation. So the more miles that car has on it, there's a serious drop-off toward the end. Um, and that's, that's what they've been, that's where you've been seeing the Red Bull be powering is that they don't see that significant power loss toward the end of the life of their engine. But that means that if Mercedes, which they're, they're hoping they did planned it and and timed it just right is that they're going to take this at the end, the last four to have this five kilometers an hour pace advantage, um, it was all in intention. It wasn't like, oh man, we suffered way more degradation. Because remind you, didn't they? They took one at Mexico, didn't they, Dan? Oh gosh, or was it U.S.? It was so just a couple long. of races ago, though. It was Mexico. It was Mexico. It was the last race, two races in a row taking power units. Okay, you would think that it's 
uh, something of a big reliability thing, but it, which is what I, I think everybody was hinting at. But what I'm saying is, no, this was a, a carefully thought out and intentionally designed power unit for these last four well, races. Just even though they changed the power unit after one race, they could still use it. Sure. Without penalty. So maybe they got some kind of, maybe there's something different about the construction of those engines. There is. They said that. This engine okay. was constructed with the last four circuits of the calendar in mind, is what I was, I, was the information I gleaned. But with that power unit, that was changed out for Mexico, but then changed again for Brazil. That's I still think, a pretty fresh I think start. that engine was taken because the engine before that was having a gremlin. That was public information. Yeah. The Mexico swap was to just keep Hamilton in the running to, to hopefully not get a DNF. They were so afraid that at that high of altitude with the older engine, they were trying to make it to this engine, the Brazil engine. Yeah. The Mexico change was an unplanned thing. This Brazil one was always planned. They just didn't think that they were going to make it through Mexico on that old engine. The dig was way yeah. higher and the problems that they were having, they were worried about a DNF in Mexico. Well, you also have to remember the altitude change. I mean, Mexico City is about 7,000 feet, so that— 9,000? No, no, I don't think so. No, no, no. We're, no, you're right. My bad. It's, it's really like, high up there, and their turbos don't like it. Well, yeah. And so um, I, I can see what you're saying with the strategy, because now they have two engines with one race to complete four. Yeah, but Correct? they're gonna they're gonna keep this this engine in it. I don't think they're gonna go back to the old engine. But You're right. You do have, have a good point to, that if, if Hamilton if crashes or something, to, yeah, if there's a big shunt that, that ruins that engine, they, do, they don't have to. I wonder if they, they don't have or, to take a penalty to use that other engine. No. Mm. Well, that's a significant I don't think Lewis Hamilton's plans on shunting it into a wall, but. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, engines go blammo. I mean, the reliability of the engines now with the lower, I mean, they they just don't run as, they're running 12, 13,000 RPM, whereas in the old days they were, you know, pushing 20,000 RPM. And yeah. that's why we see a lot of engines going blammo. But, um, but I, and then I think, you kind of wonder. Also, but I also think that the, the revving high thing is not so much, it's because of the hybrid component, although the, the MGUH, I think, is the main reason they don't rev as high. Well, they don't need to because they can produce the same amount of horsepower. Well, yeah, but it's See, also to, to, to store up energy, that they harvest more energy at that lower RPM. Yeah, well, this is before. See, the, the era I'm talking about, when you first started watching this thing, there were a lot of engine failures, but it was just all – you know, it was ten cylinder, twelve cylinder. Oh, they had 20, it in the V8s too. RPMs, um, uh, RPMs, and that's just a lot of stress on components. Yeah, we saw that. Well, red, that was Red Bull. Can, they were famously you, fast, but they were really unreliable. Well, yeah, there was a, you know, other reasons for that, but irrespective of that, 
Now you can you have an engine producing more horsepower than that pre-hybrid era that um, is running at eight, seven, eight thousand RPM less. Uh, that's you just gonna the reliability. My point is that the, the engines are really very reliable. Yeah, they're hardly any of them go. No, you even but, I mean even down in the, you know no you don't see it even down in the in the Haas's. Right. And the Williams. And you don't so, you just don't see it. Right. I and so I I think that they're not outstripping the technology, but still creating more horsepower because of the we're now in the hybrid era. Yeah. And um but Well they say that they're gonna have higher has, revving engines. They think they think the next phase of engines will be higher revving. Well that's you know, because technology continues to march on. Yeah. And, well, and that they're That's dropping the they're dropping that M- MGUH component of the engine, right? Yeah, a little tidbit there, I forgot. To but get, um, to get VW into the sport, yeah. But what I'm saying now is, Lewis has two internal combustion units that he can pick and choose between without penalty to cover him for four races. Yeah, and the idea. The whole idea is, is that there's enough engines to run, uh, to change, to swap out an engine every fifth race. And so that's kind of how it's built on. But when you run out of engines, that's when you start getting in penalties. Yeah. And so you can see that now Lewis has set himself up to have two internal combustion units with one race on them. And always run the best internal combustion component for the conditions of the next race. Maybe the Mexico City engine will work better at Qatar. No. It's it's the same engine. Well, but what I'm saying this is they do have I get it. They have an extra engine to use if they But they don't it. and they don't have to take a penalty for where my guess is is that uh, you know, all the front runners are going to have to take a penalty, and that, and that's kind of brilliant in its own right that you would have planned it that way. To yeah, give Valtteri, your best. but Valtteri took one at US. I think he's going to be good. I think Max, yeah. Max and Perez both took them at the US as well. Yeah, but it's just it's part of the strategy. No, I, I hear yeah. it. I, I, that's that was my whole. point. We kind of got in the weeds there, but I enjoyed it. I'm yeah, saying, <laughs> uh, uh, this, my whole point was this was a strategic change. That was my whole point. So, yes, we're, I think we covered that. Uh, yeah, another point we were of, just trying the, to guess at what strategic change it would actually be. Because uh, well, there's it, more it, than one. Even if it got him, even it, it kept, it kept him in the running. I mean, yeah. there were so many car people, I won't name you, that were riding off Max on after he got that penalty. They're like, well, there goes the championship. No one's coming back from that. That's like coming back game three and winning the series, you know? Yeah. I mean, nobody, I forgot, I don't think we said this, but nobody has gone from that far back and it Longos and won. Eighth was the previous furthest back right. that somebody's gone to win a race. And he yeah. went from 10th 
So let's go, let's get into the race race. Man, we haven't even gotten into the race. We're half an hour in. We haven't even gotten to the race. Let's get going. Here we go. Come on. Come on. It's just so good. We have so much to talk about, too. Okay. So Lewis starts 10th, and I think it was by, like, lap six he had already – they Botas and him changed places at P1. Um, They just hold it – you know, had Valtteri stomp on the brakes, and Hamilton soared by. And, I mean yeah. – the, the most of his overtakes were down that straight or into turn four. The one of mention from the sprint race that we didn't talk about that we need to mention was the lap 24 lunge on Norris into turn one where Brundle, even Brundle was surprised. He said, he's about to ride him off. He said, well, that'd be quite a lunge from there. And he's going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, or was uh, that cross? I think, well, it was like, like Martin Brundle was telling, you know, commentating on from the driver's perspective of how that would be quite a move and, and crafty yell, Albert yells over him. Yeah. Cause he's doing it right now, bud. (laughs) Now, cause that's what's happening, baby. Uh, I think there was was at least one that last lap. And as we said, it may be overtaking on a straight or a pseudo straight, but it's no overtaking formula one is, (laughs) is easy. Especially when you're no. passing people like four-time world champion Sebastian Fidel and Fernando Alonso and Gasly and per- yeah. people who who people are teammates of teammates or on the same team of the person that you're chasing down in the world championship, you know, they're not going to make it easy on you. No. Um. But yeah, still remarkable. And so he's doing it again the second day. He's 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 right. He he did start the race riding high, you know. Um, and, and he he puts work in, he's, he passes the people he needs to pass. He gets to where he needs to get. And he tells Valtteri, hang on to my coattails, buddy. We're, we're, let's go. Tell Valtteri (laughs) to stick with me. (laughs) There was no, you could just hear in his voice that he was not going to settle for anything less than first place. Like, he's just like, yep, here we go. So yeah. he, he he pits. He, he you have you have more of the details on this. I'll let you take the lead because I think you took a little bit better notes for this one. But he pitted oh, first. Am I right? Yes. Lewis pitted on lap twenty-seven. And, um, and he comes out and he take he he did, he takes a chunk out of Max in the pits, doesn't he? He had a two point four second uh, stationary time in the pits for the tire change. And when he came out. Well, not, and then Max pitted on lap twenty-eight. Yeah, but he he and, and and but Max came out. I can't remember how long his pit was. It was it was a Red Bull pit. It was good. It was a typical fast. Unless you're Perez. And and yeah, and at the end when it was all sorted out there after those two pits, first pit Max. Well, the first pit. Yeah. Yeah. Where we could say Lewis did the undercut, and Max Max's lead was cut by a by half, like yeah. two, and he two and he gets seconds. on the radio and he says, "We can't let that happen again, guys." Yeah, yeah, we're not going to let the Max. It does. It does again. show. It does. Max is to his credit, and I don't want to sound like a Max hater. I don't like that. I don't want him to win, but you can't deny his ability. He's he's. He's a future world champion yeah. no matter what happens this season. He's an excellent driver. Yeah. 
And he will he will be the person if somebody's going to beat Lewis Hamilton's record. It's going to be Max Verstappen. I, I tell you that right now. And yeah. he's saying he's sitting there defending his world title. He's got an immense amount of pressure on him too, and he's sitting there and un- is understanding the strategy and helping dictate the strategy back to the to the team from the car. Uh, you don't you, you don't yeah. hear a lot of these guys doing that. Science is another one you who who really I think has a firm grasp on that. Um, Lynn Hamilton, they're the one. They're those guys that are really vocal in the car, questioning. Most of the other guys are like the pit wall says something, and they're like, "Yes, yes, sir." You know. Yeah. Um, but they're the ones going. Yeah. What are you guys doing? What's happening? Talk to me. Uh, we can't. You know, they're like really. Inf- they're really feeding information. They're really aiding in the discussion of the racecraft. I think that's a term that, you know, gets thrown out that that is another highlighting um, part of a great Formula One driver is their ability to craft a race and have have a forethought yeah. into the future and, and, and understand the multiple levels and layers of what's happening. Anyways, he comes out and he says, we can't let them undercut us again. They're too powerful. They're too fast. We need to keep track position. And so they pit first, am I right, on the second round of pits? Right. Because that's they, another great thing Max, about Brazil is that it was a two pit stop day, and I, I think we could just mandate we can we can regulate that into the equation that every race needs to be p- two pit stops. I love the strategy well, that, really, that gives it. It was and really the a drama. three pit race, three stop race. Well, yeah, because first, well, there's only two pit stops. No, Lewis. Lewis pitted on lap 59. Not 59, no. He only pitted twice. Him and Max only pitted twice. The only person to pit three times was Perez to get the fastest lap. Oh, okay. My bad. You kook? uh, So Max pitted on lap 41 for a second stop uh, to prevent the undercut. And by they, Lewis again, and they just left. But Lewis he came out, out behind. He, he came out behind Latifi, um, and was twenty seconds behind Lewis. Lewis came in on lap forty-four, and uh, had a two-point-six second stop. Um, and there was a little discussion between Lewis and the principal about uh, why didn't we go to mediums and it was just because of the heat and everything that oh yeah they're like they were, they're like they the deg was high deg was yeah, high the on the first set upon inspection lewis yeah. deg was high yeah deg and then so now the thing is is max seemed to be very focused on not preventing the undercut so he's got tires that are three laps older yeah and he still didn't come out. He still came out behind the back runner that is going to slow him down. Or give and, him a toe like he got in Austin. Oh, you know what happened on lap 59? We can't talk about that yet. We're, we're not, quick, quick fast forwarding. Quick fast okay. forwarding. We'll I just, 59 I just, that's 59. What, yeah, that's what I, where I screwed up. Uh-huh. And so um, with having older tires, Got behind Latifi until he was able to pass him. Lewis having a clean shot, good stop. Three laps later, it was sort of, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it's 1.2 seconds. He comes out. He's right there. 
And then yeah. it's just it's just it's just a cat and mouse game. And they knew it was gonna come down to that. They just knew it, and that's why Max said we gotta have track petition. I, I can do nothing to I'm not gonna be able to pass him. So we have to stay right. in front. We have to take that three second or that three three lap. But Max it's our only shot is to defend. The only shot is to defend. But they're not gonna score yeah. the goal, so they gotta keep the enemy from scoring the goal is their whole strategy right. at that point. And and yeah. to Max credit, he did a he did a hell of a job. You know. Oh, yeah. There was that significant pace advantage that, that that car had. And but boy was Hamilton just beautiful with how he set it up. Huh. And we we still get to the drama of turn four. So let's get into that now. So he yeah. has this beautiful he's 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 analyzed this is what I love about Hamilton is he he's he's patient. He plans, he executes. Max is a bully. He's he's fearless yeah. and he's aggressive. Lewis is is calculating. That's I think the big difference between the two drivers. And maybe that's because Hamilton has, you know, 10, 10 years on him. But oh, yeah. He he sets he he he's cuz he he he's getting fed the information from from Bono uh that he's losing 3 tenths in sector 2. Toward the end of sector 2, what do they call it? The pine tree turn or whatever little pine tree or there's some name that they have for it. it's the it's the final turn that final sequence there that max isn't that, getting, the, isn't that the interlagos turn uh something like that he's getting three tenths yeah. on lewis there regardless of the name of it he's getting three tenths yeah and that's just enough to keep turn one out of the equation and so he knows he's not going to get him at turn one he's tried and he can't do it he knows he doesn't have that and so he's going to set him up for turn four because there's two DRS zones, two straights, going into turn one, going into turn four. And then there's this off-camber downhill S's sequence between the two. The Senna S's is what it's called. Yeah. He fakes like he's going in on turn one, forces Max to defend the inside of turn one, which that makes Max have to apply more braking pressure. He has to go slower to take the inside to the apex of the turn. And it just so happens that you want a little bit wider line into turn one coming on that downhill camber. It sets you up for a higher entry speed into the S's, which will give you a better exit speed. Remember how we talked about earlier that where you start helps where you end. So he carries more speed into the Senate S's and more speed in is also more speed out at this track. So coming out of turn three down the straight to four, Lewis just gets a launch. He just is in the slipstream. He's right where he needs to be. And I remember yelling at the computer, nothing you can do, bud. Nothing <laughs> you can do. Here he comes. Maxi boy. Uh, but Max just goes, uh, he's a weaving and a weaving. And he's and then he's wide, man. Or no, he, he the first time, he's wide. He's really wide. He pushes that he pushes Lewis out and they both leave the racing circuit. And turn four just so happens to be the part of the track where your time can be deleted if you leave the track. And so I don't know about you, but I was going, well, there's a penalty there's a five second penalty right there. Because when Norris puts science off in in uh Austria 
he got a five-second penalty for that, for forcing a driver to leave the racing the yeah. racing circuit. Yeah. And so we see, you know, the, the incident is noted with the stewards. And then a lap later, uh, incident needs no further investigation. Yeah. However, that decision was made without seeing Max Verstappen's onboard camera facing the cockpit, only facing Lewis. How they can make a decision that an instance doesn't need to be investigated that they've previously rewarded awarded penalties for without having all of the information blows my mind. Well, at least we weren't privy to all the information. Neither was the FIA or the stewards. That's my point. And so, and that was the big thing that between Brendel and Crofty when they were in commenting, well, they'll see the telemetry and see if Max actually Only came if they choose turn. to investigate it. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's right. But they didn't choose so, to investigate it. They said so, that's all about let them race, let them race, which is what we were saying in Austria. And, of course, yeah. I don't want there to be a penalty awarded for that. I don't want that. I didn't want it in Austria, but you can't do it at some point and not do it in another. It's the inconsistency yeah. that is is, the, is upsetting to me. This wasn't that one, that determination in Austria was they saw that, um, or they thought they saw that, um, who was it? Norris. Norris did not maintain his steering wheel position uh, to keep in the turn that they thought that he had yeah. let the wheel open up. And so, but that wasn't, we don't, we didn't have that. The, it just so <laughs> happens that at that time, the, the, can, the, the, the screen that the Sky Sports and the FIA feed chose to show was the rear wing shot, not the onboard shot, looking right. back at Hamilton. And the parent company who owns the rights to the footage of the cockpit is choosing not to release them. Very interesting. Very, However, very interesting. I think, however, I think Mac opens the wheel up. I think you can see it from the onboard, the front angle of the helicopter shot. I think you can see it. He opens it up. Well, it, it doesn't seem they're going too slow for it to be understeer. He's his front wing is getting full complement of downforce. Why would you all of a sudden? You haven't had understeer all day long, but all I of think a sudden, he knew. I think he knew Hamilton had him. Like I said, he's looking back in his rear yeah. view and he just sees the writing on the wall and he says, "Not yet." Yeah. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna force However, you to, I'm gonna force you to do something like we've done in the past. Let's bump bump again. Well, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. winning. And he yeah. forces Lewis to make that decision again, like he's always done, because he's a bully. Mm-hmm. And it does good for him. So he pushes him off the track. And he's lucky he doesn't get no, he doesn't get a penalty. I mean, I think I think by the end of it, Botas was still would have been still outside of five seconds. So it's like and in the end, Hamilton passes him. Or newsflash. He does the same thing on the on the pre on the following lap. Sets him up into turn one, 
Gets that cleaner yeah. exit into turn three. This time, Max is weaving and bobbing. I think he was yeah. dodging potholes, man. He was on one side and the other, and it went into the braking zone. It did go into braking zone. Yeah. Yep. And on the on the following lap, he just it took him two more laps, but he just passed him. And man, once he was gone, he was gone. Yeah, it was brilliant. It so was just so great. Not only did he get past him, but he, he puts 10 seconds between him and Max by the end of the race. Yeah. And, well, and yeah. I mean, you can you can argue that, you know, Max stopped pushing and he, was, he knew he was it wasn't going to happen. And I think Botas did get one or two seconds on him. But still, yeah. to go from 10th to 10 seconds ahead, 10th, to 10 seconds ahead of the win. That's remarkable. Yeah. With I, all of these investigations and, and penalties and yeah. getting pushed off the track and, and just saying, nope, that's not going to bug me. That's not going to stop me. That's not going to keep me down. Oh yeah. What was it? What did he say? When, uh, when they, when they radioed to him saying the, the FIA is not going to investigate, he said, of course not. Of course they're not. Why would they? Oh yeah, that yeah, those tongue and cheek thing. Yeah. But it doesn't. It just didn't. It just didn't really matter. There was nothing it, that was going to stop him. Yeah, and I mean, it just. Uh, it was just beautiful. In fact, you know, not of all the years, but just pushing twenty years at least. Well, yeah, I've been watching. On, I've been watching since, I think, two thousand twelve, somewhere like that. Yeah. I think I started watching the occasional race with you in. About ten years ago, but then I, I think, yeah. especially when you were still living here in Denver, we I'd come over every Sunday and we just watch it or Monday or whatever. Yeah, right. And but that is one of the greatest phrases I have ever seen. I remember I was calling you. Know? you I was like, "You watch this yet? Let's talk about this." <laughs> it was yeah. man. I was on. I was on Instagram after that. I was like, oh, "Can geez. I get a bat for the goat?" <laughs> that was a goat drive if I've ever seen one. I think Grinton, you know, all the all the drivers that are still alive, you know, all of them were just going, "What the heck was that, man?" Yeah, like I, I, it was after the sprint race, but there was that that Alonzo radio, and Alonzo is no fan of Lewis Hamilton. For those of you who don't know, he's he's outspokenly rooting for Max Verstappen. <laughs> Yeah, and at the end of the sprint race, he radios. He says, "Where did Hamilton end up?" And his engineer's like fifth, and he's like, "Jeez." <laughs> did you yeah. hear that radio? It well, was... yeah, but didn't didn't Alonso also say something about his rear wing? No, as well. I, I wish I could go touch. I wish I could go touch that rear wing or something like no, that. No, Vettel. Vettel is in in part for Vettel. He's sitting there and he goes, he says, well, "That that rear wing's." Looking a little weird. I think I better go touch it. And his engineer's like, you better not. Mighty expensive if you do. And he says, yeah, mighty and he says well, maybe I'll do the front wing. Is that only 25? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, Vettel. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and then the, the, the other thing is, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, was the midfield uh, excitement. With Alphatari and Alpine, that battle is just heating up so good. I and know. So, I, is the, always... so is the Ferrari McLaren. M McLaren is just yeah. on the back foot to Ferrari now. 
ever since that you. that upgrade that they got. I mean, and science is just is just surpassing Leclerc, too. Yeah, but it, it it's getting. Look, I mean, I'm almost as, we didn't talk about it in the sprint race, but science passed Perez uh, on the sprint and got came in third on the sprint, and got a uh, that one point for third. Yeah, and did that amazing job. Him and Botas both did started on the softs when everybody was else on the mediums. Yeah. And they both gained positions on that lap one and had held it with degrading tires. And they did an yeah, excellent right. job. Yeah. Forgot no to doubt. talk about that. And and Leclerc was on the back foot. And I know you haven't watched a uh, uh, little bit of insight into the behind the curtain, but we're recording this Saturday, the pre the following Saturday. So I had I've already watched qualifying for Qatar and Science does better than Leclerc there too. <laughs> Uh, okay, cheater. You got to you got to watch uh, that. It's great. It's a great qualifying session. Well, you know I am. But the uh, I'm I'm almost ex- as much excited to see how the midfield plays out, um, uh, as well as the world championship. Oh yeah, it's it's tied it's, everywhere. Uh, it's like yeah. six points separate Ferrari and McLaren right now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, uh, Alonso's super high up there. They were talking about that today on at the Qatar qualifying because he's really he's 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 got pace there too. Um, okay, they're saying he's 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 got some he's close to some he's like the highest point sitting uh, field runner who doesn't have a podium, like because he's mm. just been so consistently in the points for. Alpine, he's doing so good. He's really doing good for for an yeah, old that, and, man. Oh yeah. Well, he's out and, qualifying and out driving his younger teammate, who has a more yeah. a, a longer contract. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's uh, I wouldn't it's wild that. Then you and then and then the, each position, the tens of millions of dollars that rides on. Oh yeah. Each. Position. And, we're that's, talking like, and that's going to count for more and more as this with the spending cap next year. Oh yeah, those yeah. those allocated funds don't they don't count toward your cap because uh, you're yeah. not spending them. I think, and, and then or you it's, think or about it's more money to that you don't have to spend of your own money, so that gives you more money to go into R and D and stuff, I guess, or other parts. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's always That's a big deal. But I think with the spending cap, it's going to play a bigger role, right? And it's, uh, uh, I mean, like the difference between third, fourth, and fifth is huge, tens of millions of dollars. I think so, more than that. I think each no each each world championship point is worth ten oh, okay. a million dollars or something like that. Oh, okay, it's a lot. That's what you always used to tell me. Maybe you don't know. We don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, well, it may, it, it's enough to make a difference. It's a huge difference. And it's just fun to have a close battle and, and close good battles. And I think that's only going to continue to get better and better. Yeah. So uh, off of mid midfield news, there's the back midfield. There's some new back midfield news with the um, 
the 2022 driver lineup being finalized this week. Did you hear about this? No. Guan Yu Zhou, Chinese oh, driver from, from F2, uh, coming up to take Giovinazzi's spot and be alongside Botas next year. Oh, for Alpha? Uh, for Alpha. Alpha Romero. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. that had been kind of known for a while. They were just the, there's that Andretti deal. They were waiting on that Andretti deal and, and stuff. But the race did a really cool little podcast, or I think he's, he's either a podcast, I'm pretty sure it was a podcast, um, where they talk about the politics and the decision behind that because his teammate, or there's this other guy, the guy he's chasing against in that, in that he's going to lose to, they think. Uh, NF2 is more deserving of that seat, but it really highlights the intention beyond um, of how much they want to expand the sport into China. That F1 really wanted a, a Chinese driver on the on the grid. Yeah, and then how much? How much? Uh, you know, maybe it's a bot seat too. I know he does. I mean, it comes with a significant amount of money, but it does suck that. So the driver who's who they say the other F2 driver that is going to win the F2 and for those of you who don't know <laughs> F2 is like the juniors junior F1 basically and i mean it's where Albon Verstappen Leclerc Norris uh George Russell they all came uh Sonoda they're all f- former uh are, are either stars or Mick Schumacher's. Schumacher Mick won Schumacher last year. Was champion last year with with F two champion. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's there's like it's eight or nine drivers, current F one drivers who were F two champions or stars. And this guy who's going to win, this is his third year win or like third time he's won. And after you yeah. know that or something, he doesn't he doesn't get to race in F two anymore. And this Guan Yu Zhou, this was his rookie season, and he's not winning. It's just that he's Chinese, and the, the capitalistic part of the sport, the business part of the sport, is that they want to expand into a new market, and that new market is China, and the, e- the easy way of doing that is getting a race in China, which we're doing that, and getting a Chinese driver on the grid. And I do think the yeah. financial backing that Guan Yu Zhou comes with and that stuff did help. But it is a bummer that the other guy, and I'm sorry I can't remember his name right now. Uh, you told uh, Rossi? I don't know if that's his name, though. I'm going to look it up. You talk. What do you think about that? What do you think about about a driver? What do you think? Talk while I look this up. Well, I think that, I think that the, uh, uh, it, it comes down to the money. I mean, it's uh, ruthlessly so. I mean, Formula One is really always been about the money that's massive amounts of money and then the secondary pickup from that is just all the glam stuff but it's uh, uh piesta tari or piestri p-i-a-s-t-r-i where's what country um oscar piestari I don't know how you say it. Yes, Atari, Atari, or okay. 
But yeah, yeah. my guess, I'm my guess is, what's that? You were, sorry, I interrupted you. You were on a nice, you had a nice thing you were going talking about capitalistic nature of Formula One, the money side of Formula One. Australian racing yeah. driver. Oh, Australian. Yeah, I guess they have those uh, Italian named Australians. You know, R- Ricardo and <laughs> no, Pastore or whatever. Weber. Well, that's more English sounding, but you know. It says, "I'm super excited to announce that I will be res- the reserve driver for the Alpine F1 team in 2022." That's cool. At least he's getting that. Yeah. But I guess there was this also, there was this big, uh, it kind of got leaked in China at an Alfa Romeo dealership that put up a poster of Quan Yu Zhou <laughs> as it saying, announcing him the F1 driver. Well, my guess is, is that the Chinese government has probably put up all the dough, like massive amounts of oh, dough. Yeah. They do. want it. They, they've worked out some big deal. There's a big multi-year deal but it but they i really do recommend listening to that race because they go into that side of it and they say this is they've tried this before they tried this in malaysia we used to have the malaysian grand prix but it really never caught on there just having a race there or having a driver from there isn't necessarily guarantee that he's going to captivate the audience that you think he's going to captivate not every driver is going to have the same response as max verstappen does in zandvoort you know yeah. Or Checo has in, in Mexico. But that's their hopes, at least. And I, it forced me to think about it. I was like, well, we don't have an American driver, but that doesn't really, that really doesn't bother me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that national. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. It would be. It but would be kind of cool. I, it, 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 he, him just being an American wouldn't make me support him if he was an asshole. No. No. Or if he was a, a no. subpar driver. You know, right. you know, I don't. Valderi's not the greatest driver, but I like him. Norris isn't the best, yeah. but I like him. Ricardo's not the best, yeah. but I like him. There's something Definitely. about him, you know, and just because, and then it doesn't have anything to do with where they're from. So, but it, you know, it, it does show that Formula One is is trying to expand into those markets, just like us, you know. I, you and yeah. I haven't talked about the fact that we're going to have two U.S. Grand Prix next year for the first time since 1980s. Yeah. That's pretty freaking we'll sweet. I think so. And it's going to be a street circuit. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, if it's, a, if it's the one that's in like in New Jersey or something. Miami, baby. Oh, I heard that was – this is several years ago. Yeah, that was Bernie. Bernie was trying to get like the Long Island Grand mm-hmm. Prix. And there's rumored. I sent you that video, didn't I? That they're they're trying to do another one. They're trying to do Las Vegas as well. Have three. Yeah. Which, well, what would be great? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And I think maybe Miami's not a street circuit, or maybe it is. But I think Las Vegas, they would for sure try and make it a street circuit. They'd want to actually yeah, do the strip. Sweet. Wouldn't that be wild? It'd be cool. Be cool and do it at night. We could go. I mean, we could drive to Vegas from here. Yeah, baby. I mean, we could drive to Austin. It's only like twelve hours. We really need to go. Talking to M, I mean, they made it sound so cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's just probably really quite an experience. 
Oh, we got but it. But you know, Formula Formula One is now centered in what Lakewood or Denver? Yeah, some legacy and, uh, or something group. Something yeah, legacy media. So why don't they have a Denver? That's what I'm saying. Have like a hill climb or a, you know, like a sweet. There could be something so sweet, so sweet, you know. Really shake it up. Well, do a, do a street circuit up to Red Rocks, up into Morrison, the Morrison Grand Prix. <laughs> go do that loop. It'd be like a, it'd be like the North Slifers, like a twenty mile circuit, and you, the race is ten laps long or something, and yeah. it's just like flat out crazy up the mountain. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Denver doesn't want anything anything cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, kid. So yeah, the only thing left to talk about is the fact that we have three three races left. Hamilton's trailing by four. What's this? What are the standings? It's fourteen points, I think. Now, thirteen point five or something. Let me get to it uh, once again. I'm There's a point five, baby. Prepared standings, drivers. Uh, three eighteen to three thirty two. What is that? What's the math on that? Oh, now you're gonna make me show my how how great we are at math. My quick wit. Um. Three, three, two, point five, because we still got the point fives. I can't even remember the numbers you saw told me, let alone. Yeah, 14, I was right. I was right the whole time. Man, people who who knew that were better rememberers than we were were yelling at their phones or devices that whole time. It was 14 yeah, was... points, you dingus. Well, you we aim to please, so so fourteen points yeah. going into the next two racetracks, and they're back to back. That's why we're we have the race tomorrow because we're recording this on Saturday. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have it out before the race. Um, and there's only eleven points between Mercedes and Red Bull, and it, and Mercedes is again winning against constructors, and uh, Verstappen for Red Bull is winning the drivers. And Qatar, uh, the other thing I want to talk about was Qatar briefly is that it's a, A, we've never raced here. This is a, an established circuit, but it's a, it's a MotoGP. So for those of you who don't know, that's super bikes, like motorcycles. Um, so it's a, it's a motorcycle racetrack that Formula One's never raced on. Um, there has been some single-seater racers in, F, in F2 and stuff, but Formula One's never been here. Um. So there's some. Yeah. There's there's also no other events there besides MotoGP. So the, and their racing lines are very different than, uh, four wheeled, open wheel car. Um. So it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting race. It's gonna be some interesting challenges. I saw from from uh, well, from watching yes, qualifying yeah. today that it's a track that really favors a more experienced s- driver. Like you really have to. Well, really, yeah, I think it's really brave yeah. and and really charge the charge at the racetrack. Yeah, that, it'll it really will even the playing field as far as well. There's drivers. Some, there's some teams so. that I won't say, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody. You better uh, not. But there's some teams that don't make it into Q3 that really should be making it again into Q3. Oh, you little tease. And there's a lot of and there's a lot of split teams. So we're really getting to see some who's the who's the at certain teams, 
who's the it really the, it it highlights the skill gap between teammates. Let's say that. If you had any well. doubt as to who who had a little bit more experience or a little bit quicker, who's just the greatest driver on the planet. And then the yeah, time. Hamilton does put on a show. I'm not going to say what he what happens. Okay, but. stop, stop. <laughs> okay, like on my dad's word. Just let's, like your mother, you can't keep a secret. On on that on that note, on my dad's instruction, because you listen to your elders. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> end there, um, but thanks for coming. Thanks for thanks for uh, your time, Papa, and chatting with me. Boy, that was fun. Um, yeah, no doubt. And I look forward to watching uh, the race tomorrow and talking about it with you again, and and recording us talk about it and listen and have people listen to it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go watch Quali right you better. now. You better. It's your own fault for not watching it. This boy I'll watch it after I watch the both game. Ugh. Uh, on that note, I love you and thanks everybody listening. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you yeah. on the next episode. Yeah, we'll be seeing you in a couple of days for Thanksgiving. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, stoked for that too. Later. Bye. Adios. <laughs>